0: Yo, what up, everybody? This is The Spark Show, and we're doing back-to-back weeks of podcasts. This one for the Players' Championship last week, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, staying in Florida this week. This one we're going to do a little bit different than the last one. I'm going to keep switching it up until I finally find my groove, because I started doing this as a daily fantasy sports podcast and uh and blogs that I would write or whatever the hell you want to call them. And now I'm kind of I've switched over the years to more betting oriented. And so I'm kind of uh finding my groove still. So I'm gonna switch it up here. And I updated the sheet yesterday, finished it today. Last week I had everything kind of figured out beforehand and I was a little more on the ball. This week I'm gonna wing it. Quite a bit more. Um uh, so I'm gonna be firing from the hip as we go along here. Players Championship twenty twenty one. And just to preface this before we go into it, uh last year when COVID happened, we were in uh finished day one of the players championship, and I'm pretty sure Decky I wanna say he shot nine under for the first round leader, and then everything was put on hold for three months. So when I say, when I refer to my stats and the cheat sheet, and I might even say like last year at this event, but just know I'm talking about the year before. So 2020 doesn't exist for the Players' Championship, and every time I uh, reference uh, course history and whatnot, I'm talking about the year before, so 2019, 2018, and so on. So last year never happened. Um, the course, TPC Sawgrass, which is Pete Dye's, probably his most famous design. Uh, Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, par 72, 7,189 yards, not as long as last week, couple hundred yards shorter. Bermuda Greens, and it's earlier in the season, like last year, it was pushed up earlier in the season to break up. So we go Players' Championship, and then the four majors after that kind of spaced out a little bit better. But the greens might be overseeded, so it's not going to be the typical Bermuda grass that you would see in summertime Florida or at this event in in years past, you know, three, four years and beyond that. So Bermuda greens, but could be overseeded. Same thing with the rough uh rough's going to be a little bit shorter than last week at the Arnold Palmer you could see uh, Terrell Hatton first hole on uh Sunday took a wood out of the rough and just topped it like that rough was pretty hairy over there this one's going to be a little bit easier and you can see that with the scoring a little bit too but I'll get into that later uh greens and bunkers were rebuilt after 2016 So usually when that happens, the greens take a couple years to soften up a little bit, but we're past that point. So everything should be back to normal. It's kind of like I said, uh, with these Florida courses, the last couple weeks, they're tougher. You know, a lot of water gets uh, brought into play here. So it's going to be tough still and pretty narrow, but not as tough and treacherous as the last couple weeks have been. Um, winning score usually anywhere from minus 10 to minus 18. I think we're going to see it there probably this year as well and it all kind of depends on the weather. When Pete Dye was designing this course he wanted to really test people not let you get comfortable so every hole changes direction in terms of, you know, cardinal direction, north-south, which way we're going compared to where the wind's blowing. And then the dog legs too, so you're never you're not gonna see four dog leg rights out of six holes, so everything just kind of fits into a groove. So it's just everything's mixed up. Uh this is gonna be more of a tree line course than the last ones have been. Tight fairways. Last week had pretty tight fairways too and and undulation this week as well and uh the the famous island i the famous island green on uh 17 is probably uh the most one of the most notable holes in all of golf so uh that's one to look forward to the key stats this week pretty similar to the last couple weeks tee to green and approaching the green are always high still high here Par four scoring, bogey avoidance, birdie or better percentage, par five scoring. None of these are as, um, you know, as vital as they were in the last couple weeks, it looks like, from past history. And then the key stats that are unique to this course, we got strokes gained off the tee, green and regulation proximity. So it's just a typical Florida course where uh, you have to be accurate from tee to green just to stay out of trouble, and that's how you um, score well or even just make a cut at these types of tournaments. We're going to see more players in the field this week. 154 gol- golfers is what I saw. Brooks Kepka withdrew a couple days ago. Danny Willett just withdrew today. He tested positive for covid Last week, Siwoo Kim withdrew, but it was after a blow-up in the first round. I don't think there was any injury involved with that one. Justin Rose, after the third round, withdrew. And then that was due to back spasms, so he's back in this week. Siwoo Kim is back in this week. Uh, They both could see a dip in ownership because of these. But Justin Rose especially has a question mark where he could withdraw at any point in this tournament if his back fires up again. So uh could be a tournament play, but if you want to avoid him, even see si Wu Kim, it's probably not the worst idea in the world. Now we'll dive into uh, recent history at this course just to kind of give everybody an idea of what things look like. So we skip... Last year, 2019, Rory won it at 16 under. Shot 70 and 70 on the weekend. Held off Jim Furick, Eddie Pepperell, Johnny Vegas, Dustin Johnson, Bran Snedeker, Tommy Fleetwood, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Rose. So, pretty big names here. Couple. Uh, like Jim Furyk, and you'll see this as I go through the last few years here. There's always some sneaky, either you know foreigners or old guys, just unheard of people that kind of creep their way into this top ten. But a lot of the time, it's uh, it's big name guys that are up here. So Rory, 16 under two years ago, and then the year before that was Webb Simpson, and Rory. Shot, let's see, 67 in the first round. And then the guys behind him, Jim Furyk, 71, 72 for Pepperell, 72 for Vegas. Those are all in the first round. And then you had Tommy Fleetwood, Keegan Bradley shot 65 in the first round. So Rory won it from two two strokes back after the first round. But there's some guys that are up near the top. Justin Rose got to 12 under in a top eight at 74 in the first round and then shot 66, 68, 68. So um, it's not like, the especially last week and and the week before, where uh, you didn't see first-round leaders or guys that are a stroke or two just going wire to wire uh, at the top of the leaderboard and just staying there. But this week, you are going to see that where it's just a little bit easier to hold the lead at these courses. So that's something to keep in mind if you're betting live, live winners and stuff. Um so that was 2019, but in my cheat sheets, if you're looking at the stats and stuff, it was going to be under 2020. So it's going to look like last year, but it was the last year that we we actually played this course. Webb Simpson, wire to wire winner, first round leader, shot a 66. Um, and there was Chesson Hadley, Alex Norin, Matt Kuchar, Dustin Johnson Rawl right there with him in the first round, but then he shot 63, 68, and he even finished with a 73 on the last day and still, still won it. That's how big of a lead he had. But Charles Schwartzel was right behind him, Jimmy Walker, two guys that haven't looked great but are just bigger names. Xander, Jason Day, Jason Duffner, another guy that's had a rough patch, but is a slightly bigger name, Keegan Bradley, Harold Varner III, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, those were all the guys that were right behind them and in the top 10. Sewell Kim was a winner here in 2017 at 10-under, and this is one of the um, higher scores you would see for a winner here because it, it was 18-under after that and 16-under for Webb and Rory. So if the wind picks up and the course is just playing a little bit harder, then you might see, you know, uh, minus 10 win. And second place was Ian Poulter at minus 7. So it was playing pretty tough that year. Louis Oosthuizen right behind him, 7 under. Rafa Cabrera-Bello, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Steele, Lucas Glover, Adam Scott, Molinari, Alex Noren again. So there's, you know, bigger name guys. And then again, 2016, Jason Day won it at 15 under. He shot 73-71 on the weekend, opened up with a 63 and took it wire-to-wire, uh, first-round leader, and then won it. Siwoo Kim shot a 69 going back to the year after that, and he was two strokes back, of Mackenzie Hughes who was the first-round leader, one of the first-round leaders there. Um, so it was, so far, we got two strokes back, Rory won it. First-round leader, Webb won it. Two strokes back, Siwoo Kim won it. And then Jason Day, first-round leader, won it. So, uh, and you'll see the the next year that I go into, too, It's there's kind of a pattern with this where it's, if you want to win this tournament, you probably have to be close to the first-round leader to have a shot. Um, so Jason Day won it in 2016 at 15-under. Kevin Chapel, 11-under, so won it by four strokes. Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar, Colt Nost, Ken Duke, one of the older guys, Molinari, Matsuyama, Graham McDowell, Daniel Berger. So it's a lot of big names. And then a sprinkle in a curveball and an old guy, pretty much. And then now we go to 2015, where Ricky Fowler won. And oh boy, we're going to talk about this later. I said it last week, I'm not going to be on Ricky until he shows me something. I don't know if anybody's going to be on Ricky this week, but this might be one where it's like all of a sudden he breaks any kind of statistical model that you have going And he pops back into it just because once a guy gets on a track where he's won before, something sometimes clicks and magic can happen. So Ricky Fowler won it in a playoff against Sergio and they both shot 69, nice, in the first round, which was two shots behind the leader, Kevin Na, Hideki Matsuyama at 67. And Kevin Kisner, Ben Martin, kind of a Curveball there, Bill Haas, old guy, Rory Sabatini, Kevin Na, Jamie Donaldson, Rory McElroy, Brian Harmon. Those were the guys that were right behind. So, you know, I see a lot of valuable plays to top five and top ten from looking at like uh, strictly the DraftKings numbers. But I'm sure if you go to FanDuel or whatever else sports book that has these odds up, they're going to be pretty similar. But this week, just because the field's expanding, it's gotten bigger each of the last two weeks. Then it's just statistically speaking, you have a less likelihood of ending up in the top 10 or the top 5. But it doesn't work in that sort of linear line where the same guys have the same odds to you know top 40 and then your top 20 odds are half of that and then your top 10 odds are half of that some of these big name guys um their top 10 odds are better than half of their top 20 odds it's weird it's weird thing to to kind of think about but um it's just you always see the same names as proof Dustin Johnson you know Justin Thomas Rom, Rory, just those top guys are always in the top five. And so their top five odds don't work in a linear path towards their... I'm using weird statistical um, verbiage here, so that's probably going to throw some people off. But just know, big names here, good to play. End of discussion. Now we will get into the... Player pool pretty much, and I'll try and run down this quicker than I did last week. But what I'm noticing first off, um, usually the guys at the top don't show a lot of value to top 5 and top 10. But I think this week you're going to see a lot of value with these guys where Dustin Johnson to top 5 is plus 275 on DraftKings. And then uh, when you look at his last, uh, what is it? How do I keep track of this? Five years on tour, including this year, um, 30% of the time, Dustin Johnson has been in the top three. So top five at 275, plus 275 is great value. Um, Him, John Rahm, Rory... I have, if you want to do your research and then figure out which guy you want to go with here, um, there's great value to be had. Uh, Dustin Johnson went overseas, won in the Saudi International, came back, Genesis, eighth place, and then the World Golf Championship moving to Florida from California, he was 54th. Uh, So maybe now that he's settled in, he took a week off, kind of practiced a little bit, uh, he can get his game right again. But last year, I said last year, but two years ago at the Players' Championship, he was 5th, 17th, 12th, and 28th the last four years. Uh, So top 30 every single time in his top 20 odds are minus 136. Top 10 is plus 150. So I think if you want to go, same thing with Rom. You look at Rom in his last uh, three events. His worst worst finish is a thirty second place. Uh, top five at the Genesis, thirteenth at the Waste Management last year. Two years ago, I'm gonna keep doing that. Two years ago at the Players Championship, he was twelfth. So uh, plus two hundred odds to top ten, Rory. Mm-hmm. Won it two years ago at the Players' Championship. uh, Missed the cut the year before, and then 35th the year before that. 12th the year before that. 8th the year before that. 10th last week at the Arnold Palmer. 6th at the World Golf Championship. Missed the cut at the Genesis. 13th at the Waste Management. And Rory is plus 225 to make the top 10 here. So I would say... Uh, do your research and get comfortable with these guys. Get comfortable with uh, different previews and everybody's throwing out betting, tidbits and whatnot. But Rom, DJ, and Rory, pull the trigger on one of those guys, the top five, top ten. Last week when I did this, I made all my bets beforehand, so I was very sure-footed on where I was betting and where the value is. And this week I'm not going to be as confident because I'm working through this as I go. But I'm going to keep looking at this. And uh I'm going to pull the trigger on one of those three guys to top 10 or top 5 because there's great value with those three right there. So uh once you get beyond that, Xander, they have... Vegas has him as one of those guys where he's either top 10 or he's out of it because his value seems to be top 20 or top 40 when I look at it. Um, top 20 in his last year in three months. I'm trying to do the math on that because the last, last year three months didn't exist. Uh, so his last year and three months he's been in the top twenty seventy three percent of the time, and his top twenty odds here are minus one oh six so very close to even money seems like an absolute steal of a bet, but there's a lot there's a lot of value in these top fifteen twenty golfers where there usually isn't, like I was talking about earlier with the linear odds and stuff you'll see these guys when they get in a groove they'll make 10 out of 12 cuts and then those two cuts that they missed were like 80th place and 100th place and then those 10 cuts that they did make was uh 75 of them were in the top 20 so if you put that on a chart that doesn't go in a straight line because it's so top heavy with those with those finishes near the top of the leaderboard so it's an it has a curve to it it's an exponential line more so Uh, so their odds kind of work like that and that's how you see Xander here uh, where they think his momentum is going to carry him to the top but I still see value in him at, at at top 20 and same thing with Justin Thomas right behind him uh, well, going back to Xander, he missed the cut last year, but he was second the year before in his first time at this event. And I say last year, two thousand and nineteen, the year before two thousand and eighteen. Um, I'm, that's I'm that's the last time I'm correcting myself because I'm gonna say that a lot, and then you're just gonna have to figure that out on your own. Uh, and is Xander's last couple events? He was second at the Waste Management, 15th at the Genesis, and then 39th at the World Golf Championship. I think I said Mexico earlier, but it it was moved from Mexico to Florida this year. Um, Top 20. So any one of these guys, if you open up my cheat sheet and go to the the report card or card, I think the tab is called, it shows you all of the The good value bets. There's a lot at the top of this board. And uh, if you look at these top 15 guys or so, and you just want to bet on one or two of them, uh, there's a good chance you're going to make some money here because these look super juicy. Then you go to Bryson, who won last week. Maybe... Well, I guess you'd have to look at his his history. After he's won tournaments, does he kind of relax and, and take a week off or two? Or does he keep going? I can't, off the top of my head, I can't... I feel like he's one of those guys where it's business every week. And even though he won last week, he's not a party animal. And he's not going to be hungover this week and just not care. Uh, but he... It was a little rocky before going into this week. Uh, But 20th in 2019 at the Players, 37th the year before that. So uh, I'm seeing top 10 is good odds at plus 200 to win it. Would he go back-to-back and win it again? I could see that, but it only pays off at 15-1. to So uh, not a great... Numeral there, and of course Rory, I have Rory as one of the best first round leader values. I took him two weeks ago, didn't get it last week he shared shared the lead, which wouldn't have paid off all that great because he was sharing it, but I still have him as good value at thirty three to one. Webb Simpson, right below Bryson, this is probably my favorite play of the week. He won it three years ago. Let's do the math here. Uh, 16th place in 2019, 16th place 2017. Sandwich between that was his win in 2018. Uh, his last event was in Florida, the World Golf Championship Workday. Uh, sixth place. Great form, great course history. Great consistency from this guy. Can first round lead. Did it when he won here. So 40 to 1 first round leader, Webb Simpson. Love it. Uh, Top 20, 74% of his last year and three months. He's been in the top 20 and it pays off at plus 125. So Webb Simpson just seems like he's the tail end of your very safe bets and safe plays. Uh, But for a daily fantasy perspective, I love Webb as a cash play here. And then anybody above that really could be a cash or a GPP play because they all have good finishes here and good finishes recently. I don't like to nitpick up through there, and I have no idea about um, where ownership percentages are going to lie this week. So if you're trying to leverage and play lower ownership guys, I'm not the person you want to listen to for those. Uh, so any one of those guys I can see, uh, given the the green light to up above that. But Webb Simpson is one of my favorite plays. Right below that, Murakawa, Victor Hovland. You get into two guys that have uh, Morikawa won the World Golf Championship two weeks ago. Victor Hovland was runner-up. And then Victor Hovland's two finishes before that, top five and a top six. Uh, neither one has played a tournament at this course before. And Vegas really likes them. So, uh I fade at that point. If my numbers don't like it and I haven't seen you here before, I don't know if you're comfortable here before, I'm just going to fade you because I think Vegas is on you, so the public might be on you. So I'm off those two, but I wouldn't fault you for taking either one of them, especially in a tournament play. Right below that, lay, missed the cut two years ago here, 23rd and 22nd two years prior to that. I think those are his only two times playing here. He's pretty young, and I don't see anything before that. So, uh, we haven't seen him since the Genesis, where he was 15th and 3rd before that at Pebble Beach. But his odds are even money to top 20. That rhymes. So I'm betting it. I have to now, But he's... Uh hasn't top twenty here before, so I think that's kind of why they're giving him these odds. I think DraftKings just doesn't know how to to make these lines because I was betting off of Bavada or like a foreign book that has been doing this for a long time, they seem to be sharper to these type of things. Where DraftKings might not be. I don't know if they have People specifically in their golf department telling them these things, but Cantlay has been rock solid, and they have him as even money to top 20. And I think that's because he hasn't top 20 here yet, even though he's been knocking on the door twice with a 22nd and a 23rd place finish. So I feel like Cantlay is another good cash play And probably a good bet here if you can get him at even or beyond that even if it's like plus 110 to top 20. That would be a real solid bet. Tony Finau has not looked great here, but he's gotten better each of his last four years here with a 22nd place finish in his last attempt and 57th the year before that. So it gets worse from there. But he has been a monster with two runner-up finishes at the Saudi and at the Genesis and then a 14th place finish at the World Golf Championship. So that is a very interesting number at... Well, he's the same as Justin Thomas, Plus 400 to top 5 and plus 225 to top 10. So I would almost feel more comfortable leaving Tony alone at this number and saying he's going to kind of regress back to his mean here and maybe hit like 25th place where Justin Thomas who has a top 5 here is probably more likely to top 5. So if I was going to go that route, uh, Justin Thomas pays off the same to top 5 or top 10. So I'd probably run with that. Patrick Reed is an absolute fade for me this week. Scotty Scheffler... Two top 10s in his last three events. 20th place was his other finish, but he hasn't played here. In Vegas is off of Scheffler more so than Morikawa and Hovland. So I don't know if that would translate to his uh, DFS tournament plays and whatnot, but he could be a lower ownership guy. This week. And I don't hate him. Top 10. Not. I mean they have him pretty much pegged for. uh, Top 10 is not great value for him. If I'm going with him. I'm going all in at. I think he's a great number. To top 5. At plus 900. And then top 20 plus 200. Not as much. But coming off of a top five with a little momentum you know hasn't played here but seems pretty comfortable in Florida so plus 900 top five isn't the end of the world there I like that Daniel Berger <clears throat> this is where it seems to be a lot of value when you just take a glance at my sheet but he doesn't like the world on fire here 67, 57, 65. Those are his last three times at the Players' Championship. And then the year before that was the top 10 with ninth place. He's been rocky the last few years, but he is really tightening up his game. Uh, He had a win at the uh, Pebble Beach, AT&T Pebble Beach. And then a 35th place finish after that. So I feel like he could be a saucy kind of tournament play or a top 10 at plus 400. Wouldn't be terrible. Top 20 even, plus 175. Top 40, minus 136. But his course history does kind of shake me off of that top 40. So if I was going to go with Berger here, I would hope that he would go top 10 or so. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite for him, plus 400 or tournament play in DFS. Decky, Vegas is on Decky. That must mean he's a popular play. This is the only thing I would do with Decky. He has, in his last four times here, two top 10 finishes, back-to-back top 20s in his last two events on tour. If I'm going with Dackey, I'm going 55-1 first-round leader because I'm not 100% sure on this, but off the top of the head, I'm pretty sure he was the first-round leader when they canceled the tournament last year. and I feel like there's some weird juju going on there where Vegas is on Dackey but not for first-round leader for whatever reason. That is the number I would hit with him. And then Spieth after that. um, I'm off. I don't know. if He's he's looked great lately. And he's done a lot with his short game to stay up at top, which is is a great sign for him. Maybe that gets his confidence going and gets his, his driver and his long game, his accuracy going. And then he's going to be winning tournaments like we would have expected him to do five years ago or so. But course history is terrible. His best finish in the last five attempts here is 41st. I feel like this is a week where you just got to, if you're on speeth and he does well, good for you. But I'm, I feel like he's too much of a hothead to keep this going when he's really holding everything together with his short game. So I'm off of speeth. I don't see a whole lot of value here, and I feel like he's just—he's been at his peak for where we're gonna see him, unless if he tightens his driver up. So, off his speed, Terrell Hatton Uh, could be a sneaky play here. He—I think he did. He have a bad first round last week because I took him first round leader at eighteen to one, and I knew that wasn't even close when it was all said and done. Um, But he did claw his way back in with a 21st place finish last week, 22nd the week before, but missed the cut his last two times here in 41st place. This is his best finish at Sawgrass. Um, You know, I see some value there but I could understand with the course history if you fade him. I would just say Terrell Hatton for me is probably a tournament play in daily fantasy sports only, and maybe I I don't know if I'd even bet him to top ten or anything. Just, Just a tournament play. Paul Casey missed the cut his last time here, 22nd, 23rd. In 2017, 2016, and then withdrew the year before. But he's been on a tear lately, top 10 last week. Looks like a good number at plus 400 to top 10, plus 800 to top 5. And the big thing with him is is his putting, really. And so I'd say... Ah, uh, this is where the DraftKings DraftKings number guys really kind of go to elementary stuff here again and they look at his his last finishes where he seems to be one of those more linear guys where top 5 is half of top 10, top 10 is half of top 20 and so on where his odds are kind of enticing you into a top five top ten bet uh, because they they account for that so I don't particularly love any of his bets here so i if you dig deeper and find some good numbers and something that you like go ahead and pull the trigger on Paul Casey but I feel like he's more one of those plug and play guys for DFS whether it's a cash or a tournament uh, you really can't go wrong with him here unless if he freaking withdraws again which last couple weeks have been funky with those uh, Sun Vegas likes him Matthew Fitzpatrick Vegas likes him If I'm doing anything with these two, it's Matthew Fitzpatrick in a tournament play for Daily Fantasy Sports. If not, I'm not touching either one of them for anything. God, this is going way longer than I thought it was. This is just a peek into my brain as I run through these numbers because usually I have everything a little more ironed out, what plays I'm going with ahead of time, but now it's just uh, you're seeing my wheels turn as they go. Interesting here for Adam Scott. Top 12 in each of his last four years at the Players' Championship. 12th, 11th, 6th, 12th. Last couple tournaments he hasn't looked amazing. And Vegas is kind of on him everywhere except at top 40. I feel like he's pretty good odds there to top 40 at plus 110 if you get a little cold feet. That's probably not a bad bet. God, I mean, last week I feel like I took Ian Poulter at that number to top 40, even though it was a smaller field. And it's now you got Adam Scott who's coming off of four top 12s in a row here at plus 110. That might be the play for Adam Scott. And if you feel real frisky, you could go for a top five or something. but Or a win even. But Vegas kind of likes him for that. So I don't see a whole lot of value there. So it's these kind of middle of the road guys where there's not super value that you would normally see at a tournament. But the top... 8 guys, top 15 guys, that's where the value seems to lie with Vegas. And I don't know if that has any... This will be my first year of really looking at betting odds versus DraftKings or FanDuel, whatever, Daily Fantasy Sports ownership and whatnot and see how those kind of compare to each other. But it just seems like this is top-heavy value this week. I'm not really sure why. Uh, Jason Day has looked really good here and has looked solid recently. And I feel like they're not really giving him respect for a top five and a top 10. His top five is 11 to 1. Top 10 is 5.5 um, to 1 or plus 550. First round leader, even sixty six to one. I feel like that's kind of an intriguing number. This is a guy that looks comfortable at this course. Has been in Florida golf in the last two weeks. Has been in the top well thirty first last week, eighteenth the week before, and then the top ten. He was seventh place at Pebble Beach. So Jason Day is. I feel like DraftKings is kind of sleeping on him. The top five top ten, so that's not a bad player, a tournament play, even, but he's one of those guys, obviously where you just playing a red flag there and say, "I can't have too much ownership in this guy or too much faith because he could w d you know one out of every twenty tournaments. Cameron Smith, right underneath that Vegas likes him, he hasn't golfed well on this course, he's golfed well the last few weeks that's a fade for me i think that's just a general fade for me when i see that vegas likes a guy and he hasn't golfed well so automatic cameron smith i'm fading and i probably have faded cameron smith his last two tournaments and it's hurt me with an 11th place and a fourth place in his last two events so take that with a grain of salt tommy fleawood Vegas kind of likes him. Top 10, his last two years here. Top ten last week. Um, top ten numbers plus 550. And it looks like that's pretty good odds for him here. I feel like Tommy has been flying under the radar. I don't know what his ownership's gonna look like, but this might be the week to nab Tommy Fleetwood, at least in some tournament plays or maybe a top 10 bet. And you'll have some value there. Louis. Ooh, so he's in. Did he, was he in last week and withdrew? I don't have that on here. Maybe he, I could have swore Louis was in the field last week and withdrew before the tournament started. And that's why it's not showing up. God, that's scary. Vegas likes Louie. I'm pretty sure Louie withdrew last week. Don't hold me to it. He's very up and down at this tournament. Second place in two thousand and seventeen widely missed the cut the next year. I'm not going to touch Louie um justin rose u s o b last week withdrew after the third round. I had him to top five. He was in a good spot. back spasms took him out of it. now he's back, of course where he was a top 10 last year and Vegas doesn't like him to top 10, top 5 or win. Oh my god. I don't know what I do. Do I fade him out of spite or do I just do I just double down on him to top top 5 last week he was 28 to 1, he's 22 to 1 this week. Still looks like good value. I might do it. I might do it. Well, we'll, I need to sleep on that one first. I need to take a nice little shot of tequila or whiskey. Really think about that one. Last week I was on a few old guys, the top 40. Poulter being one, and he actually hit. Justin Rose being another one. Or no, he was top five. Wait a minute. I'm getting my bets mixed up here. I was top 40 with some old guys that were different, Poulter hit, but top five I was on some old guys. Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, and Rose had a chance. Stenson did not, even though he looked somewhat okay at at times. Lee Westwood was the other guy I was looking at at 33-1 to to top five, which was better odds. Because I think Stenson was 28 and Rose was 28 or 22, 25, somewhere in there. And I looked at those three and I was like, I got to take one of these guys off because this is just getting too ridiculous. And I was like, my better chances are Rose and Lee Westwood. Or Rose and Stenson took off Lee, Lee and he ended up finishing right behind Bryson at second place. So that killed me. Would have been nice to have that. And here I am now again looking at Justin Rose. I might do it. I might do it. Top five or to win. We'll see. Joaquin Neiman. Vegas kind of likes him. Hasn't golfed here before. Neiman is one of those guys I just can't get a read on. But I think he is very good. I'm not going to look into this, but I'm going to go off of memory. Tita Green, very good player. Florida golf courses reward that. So he might be a good tournament play or, you know, top five, top ten bet. But, you know, hasn't looked too great. Last event, World Golf Championship 28th two weeks ago, so not terrible. Right behind him, Billy Horschel, who I said last week, I like him, good guy. Everybody was dumping on him. I guess he's a bit of a hothead. He's one of those guys where I just assume he's a good guy, just looking at his mugshot, and that was the same thing with Coocher. And then you hear like is kind of a uh, stingy guy when it comes to tipping his caddies or Or the rule, he was playing Sergio in match play. uh, What was it two years ago? And Sergio rimmed out on a five-inch putt, where he was just he just ran up there and hit it again because he was mad that he missed the other one. And then Kuchar was like, "Well, I didn't give it to him." So it's like he's Kuchar, Horschel might be those guys that just kind of I always thought they were these good wholesome guys, but they might have a little bit of a mean streak to them. But Billy Horschel, second place two weeks ago, World Golf Championship, missed the cut last week. He was very heated, yelling at himself and whatnot. Um, People might fade him because of that. His course history here has actually looked pretty good, and Vegas is on him. But I don't know if... if, um Daily fantasy sports-wise, his ownership is going to be very high. So he could be a pretty good play for a cash lineup or even a tournament play if his ownership dips a little bit. Coke Rack, two top 10s in a row right underneath him. Vegas loves him. Two top 50s in a row here, but, I mean, hasn't looked very great. Another one of those guys where he's tee to green really good. So he can just hang around at these Florida golf courses and not blow up but I might fade him if people are on him just because of Vegas is on him and course history isn't great so that's my formula this week it looks like you're seeing this in real time I'm developing this algorithm in my temples as we speak Will Zalatoris I think that's how you pronounce his name he's a young guy came onto the scene Has looked great recently. His worst finish in his last five events. is 55th place. Top 10 last week. You know, three top 20s in his last five events. Vegas doesn't love him. So, three to one odds to top 20. I think that's pretty good odds there. I might dabble... Max Homa right behind him has been a world beater his last four tournaments. Top 10 last week as well. One at the Genesis. Top 10 before the Genesis. um Maybe a top 10 at 10 to 1. That looks like a super juicy number for Max Homa. Neither him or Will Zalatoris has golfed here before. Well, in this event, I should say. Because everybody gets practice rounds going into it. So everybody's golfed here before, once the tournament starts. Um, so, Molinari. Vegas is on him. It looks like he's dropped off in price a little bit. Because he missed the cut pretty bad last week. Off of his top 10, the event before at the Genesis, but Molinari has two top finishes, two top 10 finishes here in 2016 and 2017. So, if Vegas is on him, I would have to look at ownership projections and stuff, but to top 10, 10 to 1, I don't hate that here. Or for a tournament play, but it all hinges on his ownership projections for that. So, um, Abraham answer good tee to green guy, accurate off of the tee, uh, top forty plus one twenty five isn't unheard of. Uh, top twenty three to one odds there, don't hate that either. Abraham answer might be a pretty good little cash play Harris English looks like from my model which is it's hard to account for the sporadic nature and volatility of golf so if a guy has just golfed really well in the last year and his last two months have been bad then um my model's going to have him good, but his real odds are probably beneath that, so that's something you want to just subjectively keep in mind when you're looking at these projections or anybody's model that they have because is, golf is one of the week-to-week hardest sports to really project. But I have good value for him. I was on him last week. 26th place finish last week, so... There's some things um, to look at positively from that round, but his course history is terrible here. So I can't imagine people, this would be a tournament play, but something you would give yourself very limited exposure to. Because Harris English could be one of those guys that um, sneaks into the top five here out of nowhere, seemingly, or just, Misses the cut and finishes 120th like he has on average in his last five years here. So, uh, now we're going to get into the sleepers beyond this. I've kind of taken a long... This is a long one. I apologize. This is worse than last week. Now we're going to get into the deeper sleepers. And I'm going to go quicker here. Um... Vegas likes Sergio. I like him as a cash play. I think he's going to be pretty popular. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I don't think there's a whole lot of value there. Um, This week, as I'm kind of diving through the board more, I usually like going with spicier plays down low because that's just where the value somewhat seems to lie. And if you really did your research, you could probably tear books apart. Uh, because golf is such a hard sport to really set lines for. But this week, the top of this board is where the value seems to lie. So I think you, there's a lot of money to be made if you find the right picks in the top you know, 25 guys. Because like I said when it, earlier when I was going through the past leaderboards here, it, when you looked at like 8 of the top 10 or 7 of the top 10 finishers, are big name guys. So if you find the right, you know, one or two guys that sneak their way into a top ten and you put, you know, what however many units on a guy that's plus four hundred or plus three hundred, you can make out like a bandit. Um, but it starts to drop off in value as we go into these deeper sleepers. So, I'm going to go Ricky Fowler. I talked about it last week where he needs to show me something. He won here in 2015, and I don't know if that's going to be on anybody's mind. <sighs> if anything, I would go a top five or a win for Ricky here, and maybe low exposure. In tournament plays. Um to win, it's 150 to 1. Top five, I'm looking at 28 to 1. I'm just hoping something clicks at this point because he hasn't looked great. And even in this tournament since his win, his best finish in the four years since then is a the 47th. So it's not like he lights the world on fire here, but I just feel like at some point Ricky is gonna turn the corner. And I want to try and time that right. And this is going to be another one that I have to sleep on and really look at his numbers. But I don't know. We'll Yeah, we'll see about that one. Corey Connors underneath him. Vegas likes him third place last week. Can't fault you for playing him, but I just feel like that guy's He's a tee to green guy again, so it's Florida. He probably feels right at home on these courses, and he can score well here. But I just feel like he's this is a week where he's going to finish 60th, and and he's going to have high ownership. So I I don't really love that play. Kevin Na WD here always, um, always one of those guys that can WD. So I'm not going to touch Na. Even though he could be a good tournament play, let's find some good value. Lonto Griffin top forty at plus one sixty four I'm not gonna dig too deep on him because that would take up too much time, but his last three finishes are all in the top thirty, and he's played the last three weeks. so I don't maybe he's fatigued this week, but he's been in Florida for the last two weeks. He's looked solid. Top 40 at plus 164 isn't terrible. Maybe at 7,300 on DraftKings, not a terrible cash lineup play. Ryan Palmer right underneath him, up and down. Siwoo Kim with Drew last week, up and down. Those two, you got to have some cojones on you if you're going to play them. Same thing with Kevin Kisner. Um, he can miss the cut. I feel like right underneath Kisner, Tringali, you know, I was on him last week, finished 31st, isn't amazing, but he's still hanging on there. He's got some good finishes here. Tringali's a good play. Top 20 at 5-1, to one, I might hammer that. Top 40, plus 164. I mean, he's top 40 his last four weeks he's played, so, and he's top 40 his last two times here. Plus one sixty four seems like a, a pretty good number for him. Coocher, another one of those guys. Great tee to green, great course history. Hundred to one first round leader. Thirty three to one top five. It's kind of that same boat that Ricky's in a little bit. It's like you got to show me something, but. If I feel a little bit frisky, I might roll the dice with one of those two. Lee Westwood, right underneath him, second place last week. Vegas is kind of on him. I don't know if I'd trust him two weeks in a row. He's played three weeks in a row. He's pretty old. I don't know if his body can handle that. So I might fade him here and people will plug him in as a popular play. I just don't see him. I'd have to look back at his last couple of years and see when he finishes high, when he's played a few weeks in a row, what does he do after that. I don't trust him. I like him. Don't trust him. Um, Next few guys, Shane Lowry, Cameron Davis, Christian, 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 Vegas is on all three of those guys. I am off all three of those guys. Poulter. My guy, top 40 last week, did it for me. He's plus 188 to top 40 this week. Um, Hasn't missed a cut in his last five years here. I don't know about before that. Two of his last three years here, uh, second place finish, 11th place finish, 26 last week. He's been rock solid. Vegas is on him, but cash lineup, I'm going to... That was me rolling the dice. Bad for podcasting, but rolling the dice right there. Ian Poulter going back to the well. Brendan Todd right underneath him. 57th last week. I think I was on him to top 40. I'd have to look at that again. I'm pretty sure I was. I might do it again at plus 225. Just because of how he's looked in the last you know year and a half on tour has been pretty solid but he's one of those putting guys he's not a tee to green guy so i might skip out on that um let's find some value benny on might be peaking at the right time be young on for all of you who are reading the names right now top 30s last two times here he's looked okay and he's a tee to green guy but I, I'm not really sure where his games at or what's what's exactly is wrong. But he hasn't looked great the last year or so. So he's he's a guy I'm off, but I'm keeping my eye on Phil Mickelson, three hundred and fifty to one. I love Phil. He's looked god awful. Pebble Beach is his is his place, man. He kills it at Pebble Beach, and he's one hundred and fifty first. That was his last attempt on tour before he went to the Champions Tour, where he was like plus three thirty or plus three fifty to win it all, and he didn't. I don't remember where he finished playing with the old guys, and he couldn't even do it. But I just can't help but feel like Phil at fifty to one to top five or three hundred and fifty to one to win it. For a guy that has looked as good as he has, even in his old age on tour, he could turn the corner, but I mean if you're if you're not playing him with a super spicy tournament or top five play or something where it's low exposure, low money, just kinda feeling things out. Cause that's basically a lottery pick at this point. But his number is just so deep there. I'm probably gonna do it and I love Phil, so I might do it. Alex Noren. Vegas likes him. I don't know what his ownership's going to look like, but he's a tournament play for sure. Very up and down, but can top 20 here without a doubt. Plus 750 is probably not a bad number for him either to top 20. So that's something to look at. Taylor Gooch. I was on him last week, very up and down. Might go back to him. Brennan Grace has it looked okay here. He might be a sleeper cash play at 7000. Chris Kirk was eighth last week. Am I reading that right? Vegas really likes him, but I don't I don't know if people are talking about him. So if you if you haven't seen a lot of buzz around Chris Kirk, that might be a really solid play. I don't see a whole lot of value if you're straight betting him, but for um DFS, that's that's not bad at all. Maverick, McNeely, Sebastian, Munoz, Wyndham, Clark. Vegas is kind of on these guys. Wyndham got DQ'd here his last time in 2019. Other than that, none of those guys have played here between Munoz, McNeely, and Clark. So I am fading. Keegan Bradley, 10th last week. Tita green guy. 16th at the Players' And seventh the year before that, his last two events. First-round leader I might roll with Keegan. He seems like good value at 100-1. to one. Maybe a tournament play, but I think people will be on him. Vegas is on him, so uh, might not be too great of a play. Gary Woodland. Another Ricky Fowler-esque player right now where he can win. He can top ten. He's looked so bad recently that his numbers are very good. Um couple top 30s in his last five here at the Players' Championship. So if you want to go top 20 for Gary at 8-1, to one, that's not bad, or like 300-1 to, to win it. That seems like a pretty good number, but he's just golfed so bad recently that I wouldn't blame anybody for fading him. There's a lot of decent name guys down here. Um, Ryan Moore's looked okay here. Kevin Streelman hasn't, but he's golfed well recently on tour. Charlie Hoffman is one of those up and down kind of tournament play guys. Same with Russell Knox. couple top 20s here in his last five attempts. Um, this is probably why I don't know. There's not that much value down here, so I don't know why Vegas is is going bottom heavy with their numbers. But okay, I'll just give you. I'll run through it here quick and give you some deep sleepers in the six thousands for DraftKings or some good top ten plays. Possibly, Matthew Neesmith. Top 20, he missed the cut last week, but three top 20s in a row before that. Um, made the move to Florida, so maybe he's just getting adjusted. 8-1 to, to top 20, and you could, you No, know, I'd say probably a tournament play. If you're getting real desperate for cash plays, then he might not be a bad number this far down Emiliano Grillo 6700 so going back up a little bit I'm just noticing this he's got three top 40s in a row here his last two tournaments 21st at the Arnold Palmer 11th at the Puerto Rico Open Tita to green guy not a bad number to have at 6700 but Vegas is on him And I'm assuming some people will be on him in DFS. So uh, probably not the best bet. But still, that's one of my boys. And I feel a top 10 coming in his near future here. Mackenzie Hughes, 6,600. Top 10, 18 to 1. I don't know if I top 10 him. Molnati, right underneath him. Molnati's looked terrible. He's looked terrible here. That is a name. Put a little flag, plant a flag on this one. Molnati in the next month is going to have, is going to be either the outright first round leader or tied. But he's looked terrible lately. Um, missed his only two cuts at this tournament, so I wouldn't, Back him here yet, but Peter Molnati is gonna get back into it, and he's one of those guys that starts off hot in the first round. So, first round leader Molnati, he's gonna have he's 150 to one here. If he keeps playing bad, he's gonna get a real good number at a course where he can shoot well. Molnati, we're gonna get we're gonna get a first round leader Molnati 175 to one within a month. Book market. Um, Vegas is on Aaron Wise, KH Lee, Ch- Chaz Reevy, Dylan Fratelli. Likes all those guys, but I just don't see it. Maybe one of them can sneak into the top twenty, but there's I don't I don't see enough consistency or enough course history that would point me in that direction. If anything, tournament play. J T. Poston missed a cut last week, but was twenty second here last year. But even that's kind of of really out there. Andrew Putnam, spicy one. Way down here. Fourth last week. Fifth at the Puerto Rico Open, even though that one hardly counts because it's a weaker field. But 32nd at the Genesis. Seventh at the Waste Management. He has three top fives, or three top tens, in his last five events. But he... Missed the cut pretty bad here last year. So, if there's not much buzz around him, I see a whole lot of value there. And at 10 to 1, I see value at, or 10 to 1, at uh, top 10, I see value at 16 to 1 for him. 16 to 1, and he's done it three out of his last five tournaments. Not a terrible bet. And he looks like he's one of those guys that he top 10s or top 5s more than you would think when you look at his top 20 and top 40 numbers. So it's like it's one of those top dog guys like Dustin Johnson and you know Brooks Kepka all those guys top if you just look at everybody's top 20s and top 40s, they top 10 and top 5 way more than you would expect from those numbers. So Putnam's kind of like a very Walmart brand-esque version of those guys, where he just he can get into the top ten and top five, or else he just checks out. So, might not be a bad term. No, there's just no value. Now that I scroll down, absolutely no value. But I'll give you a couple guys way deep. Joel Damon on him last week missed two cuts in a row, looked terrible. Twelfth here last year, six hundred to one to win it. I don't think he can win it. I'm not sure has he ever won on tour. I'd have to I'd have to look into that, but six hundred to one. Oh my lord, that's a that is a deep deep number. But top twenty, I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel that frisky, but maybe a deep tournament play where you have low exposure on him, Joel Damon, Johnny Vegas second place at the Puerto Rico Open, 6,300 on DraftKings here. He was third place the last time at the Players' Championship. Not a bad spot for him in tournament plays. I don't know if anybody's talking about him, but a top five his last time here, a top five his last event on tour, even though it's Puerto Rico Open, so that's kind of a little asterisk next to that, but Uh, Very strange to see him down this far coming off of those numbers. So he might be, Johnny Vegas, a good tournament play. Um, Bryce Garnett has shown some frist. His Puerto Rico Open, he was fifth. That was his last event. 35th and 41st, last couple times here. So if you're really strapped for cash at 6200 he's sitting there. Um, Danny Lee, very Gary up and down, but he has the top 10 in his last two years here. I wouldn't really trust that too much. And then you got Jason Duffner and Jimmy Walker, two top fives in 2018 here. Jason Duffner is top 40 in his last two events, sneaky. So 6,100 on DraftKings. Jason Duffner might not be a bad tournament play. Outside of that, it gets, you know, we're bottom of the barrel here, so we're just scraping at nothing. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. This one is way too long. This is like... This is north of an hour, so I apologize. But that's literally, this is a look inside of my process. If I will go top to bottom, look at everybody, how they've done recently, how they've done at this course, what my projections have, what the Vegas numbers are for them, what their last five years on tour look like, and then just kind of highlight some plays as I go. And then after I do that, I go through it a second time, and then really I have good, you know, a good kind of baseline to go off of. And I will just kind of chisel it in from there. Um, Maybe this week, since last week I had all my plays locked in before I did this podcast, And then so I gave you all my plays that I had, which weren't too hot last week. But I've been knocking on the door for a first-round leader in the last, like, month and a half. So I'm frigging due. So I'll post all of my plays probably on Twitter tomorrow as I pick everything out and I hone everything in and actually pull the trigger. But I'll post those, but listening to this whole thing, if you frickin' made it this far, God bless your heart, but you'll have a good idea of what I'm about to play anyways. Um, But that's pretty much it this week, Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass, we got the Masters coming up in about a month, March Madness very soon, all is right in the world. Good luck this week, everybody.